Welcome to episode 8 of the Maddie's Joy, an Angelman Journey podcast. I am your host, Adam Birchmeyer. On today's episode, we are actually going to be talking about a hot button issue that is going to be sweeping the country here quickly. We are talking about Medicaid redeterminations. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Maddie's Joy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I actually had a different podcast planned for this week. However, I believe that this topic is very important because in the coming months, this will become a hot button topic nationwide. And we are talking about the Medicaid redeterminations. We are going to keep politics completely out of this. We're just going to talk about how we got here, what steps are next, and how you can prepare for, for these redeterminations that are coming up. In my professional life, I actually work with this day-to-day, not only nationwide, but I, I keep a focus mainly statewide here in Michigan, as well as countywide. I work, I work for a nonprofit that works with these communities that um, are hovering right around the federal poverty limit. So this is actually a passion topic for me. But before we get started into today's episode, just a little bit of housekeeping. February 15th is coming up. So that is International Angelman Syndrome Awareness Day. So wear your blue. I actually got a sneak peek right before I recorded this podcast of a new video coming out from the Angelman Syndrome Foundation. It should be out by the time that this podcast drops. It is a fantastic expose on our community, Amanda Moore and the staff over at the Angelman Syndrome Foundation did a fantastic job with it. And I'm not just saying that because there is a brief view of my daughter in the video. I'm not just saying that. It it was a fantastic video. So please check that out. Share. I know that FAST is doing multiple things. So stay tuned for what FAST is doing as well. So remember, February 15th, wear your blue. So let's get into Medicaid and how we got to this point here. So basically what happened was when the country shut down in March, the federal government sent a mandate to all 50 states. And the mandate was that redeterminations of Medicaid were not to happen. This is for obvious reasons. Different sectors of the economy did shut down. People lost their jobs. People needed financial help as well as medical help, right? It was a pandemic. People needed to keep their health insurance. So what the federal government did was they told 
the states that no redeterminations were going to happen during the pandemic. Over 20 million, I believe the figure is 20.2 million people nationwide were added to Medicaid rolls during this pause and redeterminations. So typically redeterminations happen every single year. Um, it varies state to state. So with the Angelman syndrome community, typically most of us qualify for Medicaid waivers and those programs differ state to state and the requirements are different state to state. So for example, some states have, ex have expanded their Medicaid um, through the Affordable Care Act, and some states have decided not to expand their Medicaid. It was an option. So here in the state of Michigan, we actually have a program called Children's Special Health that's attached to the Medicaid bill. And Children's Special Health does not work like a typical Medicaid, meaning that not all of Maddie's visits are covered under Children's Special Health. Only certain diagnoses are covered under children's special health. So if we see a doctor for Maddie's seizures, so her neurologist, or if we see her physical therapist, occupational therapist, or dietitian because of Maddie's low muscle tone. Unfortunately, Angelman syndrome is not a covered diagnosis, but we do have two symptoms from Angelman syndrome that are covered. And how the state of Michigan works is it's all based on our income. So my wife and I make more than what's allowed for Medicaid. So there's different tax brackets. And depending on your tax bracket, that's how much you pay in. So basically what Nicole and I do is we sit down at the beginning of the year. We look at our deductible. We look at Maddie's upcoming appointments. And with her going to therapy twice a week, it's kind of a no-brainer for us at this point to pay into the system, and it just helps greatly because our deductible for a family is right around $5,000. Our max out-of-pocket is $10,000, and we've already hit our max out-of-pocket for the year. So that's how the state of Michigan works. Each state is different. Insurance rules are different. So in the state of Michigan, Primary insurance sets the rule. So if our primary insurance declines a service, our secondary insurance must decline that service as well. I know that that's not the case in a lot of states. So follow your state rules. There are people who navigate this day in and day out. So if you have a question, hopefully you have an insurance professional in your life I know that insurance isn't the isn't the I isn't the greatest. Um, it frustrates most people. It frustrates me. I was an insurance professional. I'm still in the arena of insurance, and getting some of Maddie's medical bills is just so frustrating. So to get back on topic here. Basically, the federal government said that people could not be kicked off of Medicaid. Now, there have been several dates that the federal government set in order for redeterminations to start. I believe that there's been four or five 
dates that the federal government has set, and each time they've extended the deadline. So fast forward now, the omnibus bill that passed the House and the Senate back in December stated in that bill, I mean, there were so many laws that got passed, but stated in that bill that um, the Medicaid moratorium was to end April 1st. And people get confused because the public health emergency is set to expire May 1st, but the Medicaid redeterminations are not a part of that public health emergency ending. So if they extend that, which I don't think that they will, but if they do extend that, the Medicaid redeterminations are still going to stand. Now, I know that states have had a while to prepare for these redeterminations. The state of Michigan, and I'm sure that most states are going to be doing this as well, are is planning to do a slow rollout. So do it month to month to month. So certain people will have to do their redeterminations in April, in May, in June, so on and so forth. But with the volume of people who have been added to the Medicaid rules, as an individual, as a parent, as a guardian of a child with Angelman syndrome, or if you're just on Medicaid, you know, just straight Medicaid yourself, you need to get prepared. We saw what happened to the unemployment um, fiasco. Um, when suddenly a lot of people lost their jobs at one time. The states are going to try to avoid this, but there's going to be stragglers. So the people who get their redeterminations in April might not get their paperwork until June or July. So you need to be prepared. Obviously, the big, the big component is going to be your financials. So make sure that you keep your W-2s handy um, the last year that you filed taxes. Make sure that, those, that that tax information is at your fingertips, as well as pay stubs. So rule of thumb, and different states are going to be different, so I'm going to try to keep this as general as possible, but 30 days of pay stubs, and that's for you and your spouse. Um, anybody who's working in the household, make sure that you have that available and then try to get that in as soon as possible. Most of you should have a caseworker. Stay in constant contact with your caseworker. I do feel bad for these caseworkers because they are going to be overloaded. Um, I don't want to sound like Chicken Little and pretend like the sky is falling, but plans things don't always go according to plan and some of these systems i'm not going to say all but there's going to be times when the system is overloaded so make sure that you're just paying close attention and get your paperwork in as soon as possible check your online portals if your state has an online portal and you have a login they might communicate to you just through the portal i wouldn't bank on getting a letter in the mail if 
you have a good relationship with your caseworker, just check in with them every so often. Um, typically caseworkers, especially when we're working with a special needs population like Angelman syndrome, I actually know our caseworker really well. My wife deals with her most of the time, but I see her out and about at different resource fairs that, that go on throughout the county. Um, so I actually got to know her. I actually get to know her pretty well. She's an extremely nice woman um, and is always there for any questions that we have. So we're lucky in that respect that, that we kind of know her on a personal level and that she's going to be going above and beyond for us. I would assume that most of us are going to be facing a redetermination. Some states might not require it. So, for example, Nicole and I actually had to send in our financial information the first of the year, not because we were getting kicked off and they weren't making a redetermination. It was more like a renewal. So I'm not sure if redeterminations are actually going to be coming our way, but we're going to be prepared and we're going to make sure that we are following up with our caseworker just just for the simple fact that some of you out there it's been a struggle to get into your waiver programs and i would hate for something like a letter not getting sent to you to be the reason why you have to fight all over again so in my job here in muskegon county um, we typically run a little bit higher with our Medicaid population. We're typically hovering right around 40%, but we do expect about 6,000 people to get kicked off of the Medicaid rolls. Um, thankfully, the federal poverty limit did increase. It increased about 6%. Um, didn't quite keep track with inflation, but it did raise a significant amount. So we do have, so you do have that working for you as well. And just so that you know, if you are on a Medicaid plan as your primary insurance, this is going to be a qualifying event, meaning that the marketplace will open up to you if you need it. My suggestion is to find a trusted insurance agent in your area. And this is actually a common misconception. I don't want to speak for every state, but here in the state of Michigan, your premiums do not increase if you go through an insurance agent that navigates the marketplace. I feel like that's a common misconception and please ask that insurance agent if your premiums will be increased by going through them. They'll tell you right off the bat, and then you can end the conversation there. Um, what I see or what I saw professionally is too many people tried navigating the insurance market and didn't take advantage of all of your tax credits that are out there. So just keep that in the back of your mind. 
Unfortunately, this will be ending April 1st. So you might not have that redetermination right then and there, April 1st, but just be prepared that it's coming. Keep those financial inf keep that financial information close to you. Save it to your computer. That way you can just upload it if you do use an online portal. And if you do need any help, I will be more than happy to help anybody um, who's struggling with the vernacular. Um, I'm no longer a licensed insurance professional here in the state of Michigan, but I still work closely with the insurance industry. And if you are in the state of Michigan, I can actually point you to somebody who I know and I trust that works the marketplace. Um, but your biggest resource, especially in the beginning, is actually going to be that caseworker. And they're gonna be able to run numbers generally and let you know where you stand. Um, this isn't going to be scary but you do need to be prepared and you do need to respond. I think that's the biggest thing is people don't respond until the very end. So just, just make sure that you're on top of it. Like most of you guys are, I'm sorry that I wasted this episode on insurance, but this is a huge thing for our community, especially because of all the medical equipment, all of the appointments, when people talk about medical debt just burying you um, with our kiddos, it definitely can happen. Um, you know, it's just the life of a parent with Angelman syndrome. And even though we didn't choose for our children to have Angelman syndrome, we are blessed that we have them. They make us better people, better parents. They might make us a little crazier, but, um, you know, we love them all the same. So one thing that I don't do in my podcast that I'm going to start trying, please visit the blog, maddiesjoy.com. That's M-A-D-D-I-E-S-J-O-Y.com. Please like us on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, follow us on whatever podcast form you're using, or if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, rate the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And just an update on Monday's blog, uh, I talked about Maddie getting kicked out of daycare, possibly. We actually got the news that a waiver was approved for Maddie to stay in the toddler room. Um, indefinitely. So we're just going to be, uh, reassessing every so often with the daycare. Um, we are so excited that Maddie gets to stay in a room with her peers and that we don't have to scramble to find childcare, at least at this moment. Um, her care is stabilized again. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Wear your blue on February 15th, and we will see you next week. Have a wonderful day.